Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter, where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. With me, your host, the person who taught Bruno Mars how to do the Uptown Funk, And we are 21 days, 22 hours, 25 minutes, and 0 seconds until opening day of alligator season in Alabama. Oh yeah, you heard me right. Alligator season. I actually drew a tag this year to hunt alligator in the southwest zone of the state of Alabama. And I am pumped up about it. So the state of Alabama has four zones where hunting alligator is legal. And I actually applied for a tag in all four zones. I have applied for tags for five or six of the seven years that the state has allowed alligator hunting. And this year I actually drew. I was one of 150 people who drew tags for the Southwest Zone. In the Southwest Zone, there are two four-day seasons. And hunting is only legal from like 8 p.m. until 5 or 6 in the morning. So I'm in the process of putting together my alligator hunting team. And I have contacted three of my friends. Two of them have said they're in. One has said he would be in if he knew that his back was going to feel better, that he hurt his back this past week and he's having a very difficult time getting around. And he just does not know if his back is going to be ready or not. So with or without him, I am going alligator hunting. And I am extremely excited about it. I've been wanting to do this for quite a while. And Saturday, I have to drive three and a half hours to Spanish Fort, Alabama to take a two-hour alligator hunting class where I will learn all of the rules, the regulations, legal hunting times, all of that stuff, and they'll give me a temporary tag once I complete the course. Then I get to drive three and a half hours back home to Birmingham, and in about three weeks from that point in time, I will be on the water alligator hunting. And of course, I will keep you guys updated on the progress of the alligator hunt and the result of all of that once all of the dust settles. But I know today, that is not why you tuned in to the Turkey Hunter podcast. It's not the Alligator Hunter podcast. And we are 236 days, 7 hours, 26 minutes, and 50 seconds away from opening day of turkey season in Alabama. 
that's why you tuned in. We're going to talk turkey today with Corey New from Combat in the Wild. And Corey is going to give us some tips on how we can take better videos of our turkey hunts. Since social media has become so popular, videoing turkey hunts and deer hunts has also become very popular. And Corey's going to help us out with some of that this week. But before we get into the interview, I would like to thank Rog Lodge for his review on iTunes. And Rog Lodge says, Five stars extend your turkey season. There are altogether too few days to be spent in the turkey woods. I completely agree with that. And the Turkey Hunter podcast is the best way to extend your season. As a turkey hunter and fellow turkey file, Andy provides tips and tales to satisfy all experience levels. Thanks, Andy, for your willingness to share your experience and bring in so many notable and knowledgeable guests. Looking forward to many more adventures and lessons on the Turkey Hunter podcast. Rog Lodge, I am looking forward to many more episodes of the Turkey Hunter podcast. I thank you for taking the time to leave a review on iTunes. And by doing so, you are entered in this month's contest to win a Turkey Hunter podcast t-shirt. So if any of you guys and girls listening want the opportunity to win a Turkey Hunter podcast t-shirt, go to iTunes, leave a five-star rating and a review of the show, or go on over to Stitcher Radio and do the same there, and you will automatically be entered to win a t-shirt. I will draw a name the first week in August out of the names of everyone that leaves a review in the month of July, and that person will win a t-shirt. Very easy to do. And listen, while you're in iTunes, go ahead and subscribe to the show. Subscribing is free, and by subscribing, you'll be notified as soon as a new episode is posted. All right, housekeeping item number two. Be sure to check your state's regulations regarding fall turkey season tag application deadlines. Some states' deadlines are quickly approaching. You guys don't want to miss your opportunity to hunt turkeys this fall. There's nothing better than putting a fresh wild turkey on the table for Thanksgiving. And the only way you can get a fresh wild turkey for Thanksgiving is to be sure you have your fall season tag. So go on your state's DNR or Department of Game and Fish website and be sure that you don't miss that deadline get those applications in right away that's all the housekeeping for today so we're going to get into the interview with Corey new from combat in the wild and just because you guys live in a state that has a short season or a low bag limit does not mean that you cannot hunt turkeys even after your season is over or your tags are filled and one way to extend that season is with a video camera and when season is over that's a great time to take your video camera out run your calls call turkeys in and video them you're not going to run the risk of making that turkey call shy by doing so because by the time next turkey season rolls around that gobbler will have forgotten about the hen that he heard calling in the oak flat that he never saw So you don't have to worry about making your turkeys call shy by extending your season with a video camera. You can get some great footage that you can show off 
or if your season is still in, or if your season is still in and you've already filled your tag, take your video camera out and film one of your buddies or your son or daughter or your wife killing a turkey. There's not much that would be more exciting than having a video of a turkey hunt where one of your loved ones has tagged a turkey. So in the interview, Corey is going to help us by giving us some tips for us to take better videos of our turkey hunts. You don't have to be a professional videographer to go out and take a quality video of a hunt, but there are a few things that you need to know, and Corey's going to help us with some of those. So without further ado, let's jump right into this week's interview, and I will see you guys on the other side. Hey everybody, I am glad to introduce you all to Corey New with Combat in the Wild, who has a TV show that is the Turkeyologists, and I've got Corey on the call with me today to talk to us about how we can video our turkey hunts, and Corey's going to share with us some ways to video those hunts and get better quality footage that we would be proud to show off on Facebook or Twitter or put on YouTube, anything like that, and share with our hunting buddies. And so, Corey, I appreciate you coming on the call. How are you and where are you today? I'm doing great. Appreciate you having me on. And actually, right now, I'm sitting in front of my computer going through some footage from, from last year from some yeah. of the guys. So that's, that consists of a lot of my time now. Yeah. The fun stuff is over. Now it's editing time, huh? That's right. Summertime is editing time. <laughs> so do you guys have a real successful turkey season? You know, it was one of the toughest seasons we've ever had here in Georgia. Uh, we do a little yep. bit of traveling. We went to Kansas and Montana and did very well. But we, we managed to scratch out a pretty good year here in Georgia, despite, you know, like I said, it being one of the toughest ever as far as getting on birds. You know, normally we're doing two or three weeks into the season, and we took it right down to the wire this year. Yeah, well, it was about the same way in Alabama. At least it was for me. It just, right. it was it was tough, but, you know, if you don't go, you're not going to kill one. That's exactly right. That's, that's my motto. That's the one thing I do know about turkey hunting. <laughs> Uh, probably the only the only truth I can speak about the sport is if you don't go, right. you won't kill one. Exactly. It's what, always different. Yeah, it is that. That's what makes it fun. That's why we keep going, for sure. Yep. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you first got into turkey hunting. Well, I'm, I'm like most. I first got into turkey hunting through my dad. My dad uh, was a big turkey hunter. He doesn't turkey hunt as much as he did anymore. We, we end up going a couple of times every year. But, you know, when I was, I can remember when I was five and six years old, him taking me out and me with no gun just you know it, i was i was hooked from then on you know I, i've been brought up in the outdoor world my dad and uncle actually own a sporting goods store here in milledgeville georgia uh called bain's army store so from the time i could walk i was in there around the the calls and the, the guns and everything so you know it was yeah. it, i was just kind of brought up in it okay all right. Well, and we lost audio for a couple of seconds in there, but I think that we pretty well get the gist of that, that growing up, like a lot of people did, you go with your, your dad and family, your uncle, and you get wrapped up in it that way, and you just grow and develop with it. So right. that's good. Yeah, I actually learned it all the hard way. My dad didn't, he taught me how to deer hunt and we did all other kinds of hunting, but I didn't learn to turkey hunt from him. So, but yeah, I know there's a lot of folks that did and it's great having that mentor 
to really yeah. teach you the ropes. Absolutely. I think I definitely think people that grew up in it and started at an early age have a leg up on somebody that starts when they're, you know, even 15, 20 years old. Yeah, yeah, I completely understand. Well, the next thing I have for you is something that I started doing, oh, probably a month or so ago, and it's a rapid-fire question and answer. And it's just something that's fun, a little Q&A segment where I'll start the stopwatch and ask you 30 questions. You answer those as quick as you can. And when we're done, I'll stop the clock and we'll see how you compare with the current record holder, who is Bob Erickson, a biologist with NWTF. And he finished all 30 questions in three minutes and 12 seconds. Wow. So you are going to be up against a fast-talking Yankee from Pennsylvania. Well, I throw in the towel. <laughs> I'm a slow-talking redneck from Georgia. Uh, I, I am joking about that. And <laughs> I throw that Yankee stuff out here a lot on the show just to aggravate people. Oh, and yeah. Bob, I don't know if you know Bob or may, may have met him at the NWTF convention or something, but he's a great guy. He is not a fast talker by any means. You know, oh, okay. What, what we in the South would consider a fast-talking Yankee, he does not fit that bill. Right. But let me pull up the timer here. I've got a new phone, so I'm digging around on this thing trying to figure out where I am. <laughs> All right, we're in business now. Okay, so what I'm going to do, as soon as I start asking you the first question, I'm going to hit start, and okay. we'll run through all 30 just as quick as you can go. All right, sounds good. And as quick as my slow self can read them. How about that? <laughs> all right. All right. How many full-body turkey mounts do you own? Zero. How many turkeys did you kill last year? Uh, six. Diaphragm, box, pot and peg, or wing bone? Diaphragm. Wild turkey, grilled, baked, or fried? Fried. Wild turkey, on the rocks, neat, with cola, or with water? On the rocks. Number of grand slams? One. The make of your shotgun? Remington. The make of your shotgun shell? Spectre shot. Two and three quarter inch, three inch, or three and a half inch? Sometimes three, sometimes three and a half. Four, five, six, or blended? Sixes. Have you ever killed a bearded hen? No. Have you ever killed a jake? Yes. A 10-minute successful hunt on a two-year-old bird or a four-hour long hunt with a clean miss on a four-year-old bird? 10-minute successful on a two-year-old. Favorite camo pattern? Uh, Mossy oak. Wild turkey legs for dinner or for the dog? For the dog. More or less than five strikers in your turkey vest? Less. 30-mile-an-hour winds blowing at home the last day of turkey season. Are you hunting or are you sleeping in? I'm absolutely hunting if I have the tag. (laughs) State you killed your first turkey in? Georgia. State you killed your last turkey in? Georgia. Sit in a blind for four hours and squeeze the trigger or run and gun for one hour and not shoot? Run and gun for one hour. Rios or Osceolas? Osceolas. Osceolas or Easterns? Eastern. Easterns or Merriams? Eastern. Public land out west or private land in the southeast? Uh, that's a tough one. Probably private land in the southeast. Field turkeys or woods turkeys? Uh, either one. <laughs> is that a, is that an answer? Yeah, yeah. Pump or pump or automatic? Pump. Shotgun scope, rifle sights, holographic sight or beads? Rifle sights. Rubber boots, leather boots or snake boots? Rubber boots. You roost a bird this afternoon and it's pouring rain at daylight. Do you hunt the next morning? Yes. Favorite place you've ever hunted? Mm, probably Nebraska. Well, 
You beat that fast-talking Yankee by eight seconds. Did I? How about that old record, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I got to make note, three minutes and four seconds. <laughs> the time to beat. That's right. That's right. Good job. Well, at least I, I learned something that. this year. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That was good. I appreciate you running through that. I always have fun yeah, doing that. It helps us to get to know you a little bit better, so that's fun. Those are good questions. Well, thank you. I've got about 10 or 15 more that I need to get added in there, and I think what I'll do is just have them randomly chosen from that point going forward. Right. But yeah, like I said before I started recording the call, it's just stuff that you would never get asked. Right, you right. Know, most people are not going to ask you if you've ever killed a Jake or ever shot a bearded hen. Mm-hmm. So those are pretty neat things, but they're stuff that we all either have the opportunity to do or have done. So, right, exactly. You know, I'm just going to speak to that one question about Jake's. A lot of experienced hunters get wrapped up in that, and there's a lot of people out there that'll down somebody that has killed a Jake. Right. And you know, saying, oh, you shouldn't let, shoot that bird, you should let that bird go, but the trophy's in the eye of the beholder. It absolutely is, and I'm never, I'll never down anybody for shooting a jake. I will say I won't shoot a jake now. It's been a while since I've mm-hmm. killed a jake, but absolutely the trophy's in the eye of the beholder, and I, I don't think down on anybody. If it's a legal turkey, that's definitely, definitely whatever you want to do. Absolutely, and I have gotten my rear end beaten by more jakes then I can shake a stick at. So. Oh, yeah. Um, I've, I've battled it out with a with a goblin bird, you know, for three hours before and it come up over the, the rise and it is a jake. And it's, I'll, I'll be honest with you, it, it, it crosses my mind sometimes absolutely. to pull the trigger on them, but, but I haven't absolutely. in a while. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, let's get into the meat of this interview. You know, I wanted to get you on to talk about videoing hunts because that's what you guys at Combat in the Wild do. And... Because of the availability of cameras and the low prices of the videos cameras today, and I think a lot of it, too, has to do with social media, being able to throw those videos out there for all your friends mm-hmm. and hunting buddies to see, video and hunts has become really, really popular. Mm-hmm. And I have seen some really good video footage that people have taken, but I have probably seen two times that number in bad video footage of those right. hunts. and. I I know I've been there. I've taken my share of bad videos. I still take my share of bad videos. So I, oh, I'm yeah. here to learn just like everyone else. But what would you say are the three cardinal sins of videoing turkey hunts, or really any hunt for that matter? Yeah, any any kind of hunting, which we video all types of hunting. But I would say the the main one of my main pet peeves when videoing is focus. I mean, it it really doesn't matter what you're videoing. If it's not in focus, it's not going to be enjoyable to watch for anybody. And, you know, most video cameras, even the cheap consumer HD, you know, small handheld video cameras have an automatic focus. It's just taking the time to learn your your video camera and being able to do that fly when a turkey's coming in your heart's pounding you got to be able to think oh you know there's a blowdown between me and that turkey i got to turn on my, my manual focus right and and start focusing that way yeah. uh, probably after focus probably shaky video you know i've killed a ton of turkeys in my life and I, i'm the world's worst about getting shook up when a gobbler's coming in so i have to have a tripod i've seen people that can freehand it and it looks good but i'm not one of those people <laughs> I, i'll be as shaky as a leaf on a tree so you know I, yeah. i've got to have a tripod and it doesn't matter you know you can have a cheap tripod um you know the the transitions left and right and up and down will probably be a little 
little poppy, a cheap tripod without a fluid head on it. But you know, once wow. you get on your subject, it's gonna be gonna be rock solid. Yeah, and uh, I guess after shaky video, two things for me is audio, which there's not much you can do about that. You know, it's according to what kind of mic your camera has on it. You can buy a shotgun mic, but most most people don't want to spend that money and white balance. Most cameras have a a automatic setting for white balance, which is perfect. But if you get to messing with the settings and you know, or, or you're inside filming your kids or something, and you set it on you know a different white balance, you need to make sure to set it back because that can ruin a video as well. And is the white balance, is that the amount of light coming in from the background? Is, am I thinking about the right thing? What is white balance? White balance is really kind of the saturation of your of your video. You know, you'll have a different you'll have a different they call it temperature and you know a lot of cameras have manual white balance which we use that a lot but they also have automatic white balance and they've got sunshine cloudy the fluorescent light settings and everything mm-hmm. so yeah it has to do with the light that you're the lighting that okay i can remember as a kid my dad went out to wyoming mule deer and antelope hunting and that was when the vhs video cameras right first came out and they were real popular at the time, and one of his buddies took video camera out there to video their hunt. And I can remember watching the video, and out west, where there's not many trees, you get a deer and antelope up on the horizon on a hill, and you get all that backlight from the sky coming in, and you mm-hmm. couldn't see anything. You could see no definition of any of the ground between the camera and the sky. I mean, it was just like you were looking at half the screen being white and right. the other half the screen being black. I mean, it was just two blobs, a blob right. of white and a blob of black, but I didn't and know that, that's that has what you're more talking to do about. with like your, your shutter speed and your aperture than, okay. than anything else, you know, with, with the, with the cameras nowadays, they, they have, they're automatic on that also. So in that situation, what I would do is pull down and maybe zoom in on the ground below the subject that you're trying to video and it'll kind of automatically adjust to it. And then you go back up and, and you should be fine. Yeah. I've kind of noticed that playing around with my smartphone, just in being able to take either good video or good still pictures of the sunrise or sunset. Mm -hmm. And where you focus that camera, you focus it on the ground or you focus it on the sky, you're going to get completely different pictures or different video. And so, yeah, so that makes sense. So speaking of smartphones, just about everybody's got a phone these days that has a video camera on it. Yeah. And personally, I don't like the video that they take. I mean, they're going to autofocus for the most part, and they're hard to hold steady. To me, they serve a purpose, and that's to video something. Up close. That, yeah, up close or something that just happens spontaneously where you're not looking for a lot of detail. Right. You know, you're just mainly trying to capture the scene. Right, and right, exactly. Personally, I don't think they're great for videoing hunts, but some people may have a lot of luck with them. I just personally don't. But what kind of video camera do you really recommend for somebody that is going to get into videoing hunts or maybe is already into videoing hunts and wants a little bit better quality video without spending five, six, ten thousand dollars $10,000 on a camera? Is there, do you recommend like a point and shoot digital camera that has a video function or a low end handheld HD? What what are your thoughts about all that? Well, you know, the point and shoot cameras, the only problem with that is one of the same things you mentioned with the cell phone. It's very, very hard to hold 
them steady. And a lot of times, what people don't realize with these phones and with the point-and-shoot cameras, the zoom on these things is it's digital zoom. It's not optical Mm -hmm. zoom. Optical zoom is actual zoom. That's what you're getting with your lens, you know. Like, one of my video cameras has a 10x optical zoom. That means it's going to actually zoom to 10x using lens. Now, after that, you know, a lot of these handheld HD video cameras can zoom up to 240x, which, now that's digital zoom. And digital zoom is, I'm sure everybody looks at trail camera pictures on the computer, most people that listen to this show anyway, and uh, when, you're, when you're on your computer looking at those trail camera pictures and you start zooming in to look at a deer in the background or something, it starts getting all pixelated and blurry. That's, yeah. what, that's basically what digital zoom is in a video camera. So with our video cameras, you know, we, we've got 10 or 20x optical zoom, which is great. You start getting over that. Basically, our rule of thumb, if you get over 40x digital zoom, it's going to start looking it's gonna start looking bad. It's going to start getting pixelated. It's going to start getting blurry so you know that that's the problem with a lot of the 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 handheld point and shoot cameras is most of their you know they may have four or five x optical zoom but after that it's digital and you know it's going to get it's going to get pretty the quality is going to be pretty downgraded when you zoom in as far as the the handheld consumer hd video cameras you can get some really really good cameras for for less than a thousand bucks now any of the brands sony canon you know any of them have that consumer camera for the older ones you can get for two or three hundred bucks and some of the newer ones you can get for eight or nine hundred bucks and you know some of some of our cameras are that you know some of our videos that you're watching are filmed with a five and six hundred dollar camera and it's really it's really killing the market for the professional video cameras because you footage from a $800 camera next to the footage from a $12,000 camera you can't tell the difference uh, a lot of a lot of times what you're paying for for the professional video camera is all the the quick settings the buttons the the yeah. pre-recording aspects of it that you're paying for on that it's not necessarily the quality of the footage yeah and I'm sure you expect this trend to continue for these prices to come down and the technology to get better, don't you? Absolutely. You know, it's like anything else. I think, of, think 15 years ago what a cell phone looked like. It was in a bag and you had an antenna <laughs> that you put on top of the truck. But, yeah, right. absolutely. I expect for that for the prices of cameras to come down and the technology to get better. Yeah. And just for the record, I would take my bag phone back today <laughs> if I could get service with it. Yeah. It was a simpler time back then, wasn't it? It was simpler, but it was also better. You got so much better. The antennas on those phones were so much better than what these little internal antennas are with these phones. But yeah, and I've done a lot of a lot of deer and turkeys and wild game have been saved by these smartphones because we're playing. You know, we're playing games or looking at Facebook <laughs> instead of paying attention. <laughs> I don't do that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of the technology, the GoPro style cameras, and I don't know if they've got their own little classification, but those cameras that are made to fasten onto something and a little bit more mm-hmm. rugged type camera, those things have become very, very popular for recording hunts mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. What are some of the pros and cons of using that style of camera for videoing? Well, you know, we use them a lot. We call them, you know, point of view cameras, and that's that's kind of what we use them for. We use them for a second angle camera. You know, we'll put them out of the decoys. We'll put them behind us. We'll put them in front of us. You know, different angles 
to to make it cool, you know, or a different look for people. Yeah. I always like that. But as far as for recording a hunt, I don't really like them, you know, for your primary camera because I go back into the zoom thing. If that GoPro has zero zoom and you're sitting there with the GoPro, that turkey's 20, even if he's 20 yards away, he looks like he's 100 yards away in that video. You're not going to get any detail. If you're just looking for something to remember your hunt by, then that's great. And, you know, I encourage people to definitely use that if that's if that's all they have and that's what they're looking for. But as far as something that other people are going to enjoy watching and something that's very detailed, you're going to, you're going to need some type of zoom. Yeah. Okay. Well, one of the things that I see being a problem videoing a turkey hunt is setup. If I'm hunting with a buddy and I'm doing the calling and he's doing the shooting, then I don't care if the turkey comes in behind me or over my right shoulder and I can't see him as long as my hunting partner can see him and can Mm -hmm. take a safe shot. That's why we're there. Right. But if I'm going to video his hunt, then I need to be able to move or shift a little bit to be able to get the camera on that bird that's over my right shoulder. So I can see the setup being a lot more difficult. Now you've got two people who need to who need to move on a bird, one shooter and one cameraman right. to shoot up, to move on a bird to get that bird in view and on target. Right. So I can see where the setup would be a lot more difficult with that. Can you share some setup tips with us, maybe some of the stuff you've learned over the years to make that kind of stuff a little bit easier? Well, I have learned that a video camera has saved a many turkeys in our case, too, because, you know, like you said, you you know, the, our, our main priority is to get it on film. So if we can't get it on film, a lot of times we won't shoot a turkey or yeah. we'll spook them trying to get it on film. But, you know, the things that we try to do to make sure or to better our chances of, of getting the kill on film is kind of, you know, set up. To where you, I mean, it's easy to say set up to where you think the bird's going to come in, but me and you both know that nine times out of ten, they're going to do something different than you think they're going to do. So, you know, we try to, the cameraman doesn't really need to, you know, necessarily, you're not moving the barrel of a gun, you're moving a small camera. So you can get in behind some stuff, and, and that's where focus comes back into play. You know, you, if something's very close to the camera and you're trying to focus 20, 30 yards out, you're, you're not even going to be able to see that. That little those little twigs in front of the camera so a lot of times we'll kind of brush in with some with some limbs or even even get behind behind the big tree that the shooter set up on you know, if the turkey's coming from the left we'll get on the right side of that tree that way they can kind of guide us and say you know he's coming he's coming and we get set up to the way that the bird's coming in but there's really no right or wrong answer to that you know you could do something that you think is the perfect setup and the bird the turkey you will make you look like an idiot. And I, I have sat down before and think there's no way this is going to work. And it has worked out perfect. So, <laughs> you right. know, it's just kind of one of those things. Yeah. Do you recommend using a one of those small cloth steak blinds or something like that? Well, you know what I do? I don't necessarily use the, the steak blinds. What we do, actually, I've got an old ghillie suit top. Yeah. And I, I I wrap it around my tripod, and when we set up, I kind of pull it around the camera with the with the head hole, you know, around the lens, so it's not obstructing the camera's view. But it does give you that little bit of extra 3D element to to break mm-hmm. your movement up a little bit, you know. 
Yeah, that's a good idea. It's just a little quicker. You know, a lot of times you don't have time to get out there and cut a limb and brush in and put up a blind or something like that. At least we don't because we kind of run and gun a lot. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys use a lot of decoys in your setups when you're running the video camera just to maybe take a take the attention away from the cameraman and the shooter a little bit more? Or you just yes, and, yes, and the, the decoys are really a bigger deal for us and for video and turkey hunt than, than the setup is because, you know, especially early in the season, you put that Jake decoy, you put that strutter decoy out there, you could almost wave your arm, <laughs> and that yeah. bird is so locked in on that other decoy that, that it wouldn't matter. So, yeah, we, we utilize decoys a lot and you know late in the season when when the strutters and the jakes kind of quit working and yeah that was that was part of our problem this year is we had a lot of birds that just absolutely did not want to come to a strutter or jake and we had to resort to other tactics on them (laughs) yeah well that leads me to my next question then tell me about the most recent successful turkey hunt that you had and the one or two things that made that hunt a success the most recent successful turkey hunt that I had, I actually did not get on video. It, it was a bird that I had been chasing pretty much all season. He was roosting in the same spot. Uh, it, was, it was him and another bird. And from the very, probably the second weekend of the season, I was on this bird. And I got stuck on him. And sometimes that's, sometimes that's not good. <laughs> because oh, yeah. if you get stuck on a bird and, you know, that, that's a tough one, you know, you could spend all season trying to kill him. And, and, you know, aside from the trips that I took, that's what I did. And ended up on this bird. You know, I came close several times in the morning, but I just could not get him in the morning. He was with the, he was with three jakes, and he had about five or six hens with him. And no matter what I would do, they would do the opposite. And what it was, the you know, I would call, the hens would take him straight away from me. So then I wouldn't call, they'd still go away from me. You know, it was one of those deals. So I yeah. kind of patterned him and went down there at about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, one afternoon. I, I You know, I was, I was seeing his strut marks and trying tracks in the road so it's not my favorite way to set up on one but i set up you know i had my camera brushed in real good and sat there for about four or five hours and finally he came i was expecting him to come from my right that's another setup setup boo-boo on my part but i was expecting him to come from the right so that's the way i kind of had my video camera facing and everything well he snuck in and, and by the time i saw him he was at about 10 yards to my left so and i wasn't going to let him get away <laughs> Yeah, not having hunted him all season long. No, sir. I don't normally shoot one off camera, but this one this one had my number, and I, I was going to take the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't want to have to mess with him next season. That's, why that's you, right. That's why you did it. I don't blame you. <laughs> How big was he? He was a good bird. He had one, one spur that was broken off, uh, but his good spur was shade over inch and a quarter. Uh, he surprised me for the end of the season. He weighed 22 pounds, and I believe he had right at an 11-inch beard. So he was a, you know, he was a four-plus-year-old turkey. Yeah, that's a good bird. That's definitely one you don't want to have to start off messing with next year. Right. Good to get him out. He's done his breeding and everything for the season, so he's brought more stubborn birds into the population that's for you right. to mess with <laughs> next few years. Well, again, I'm going to let you tell us another story. Since you didn't get that one on camera, tell us about your favorite combat in the wild video hunt that you did get and then tell us where we can find that video my favorite hunt probably would take place in kansas it was actually i think it was last year it may have been the year before uh, me and howard howard pounds he's he's one of our pro staff we went to nebraska and both 
finished off our Grand Slam with the Miriams up there in north, northwest Nebraska, and then we mm-hmm. got in the car and drove to eastern Kansas. It, it's still eastern turkeys out there, but I've got family out there. We go out there every year. Well, the yeah. first morning we got up, and, of course, you know, I knew right where to go because we've been going out there for about five years, and it was about 28 degrees, cold, crisp, and believe it or not, that's one of my favorite times to turkey hunt, especially up there, because they absolutely go insane gobbling. Yeah. And so we get set up on a bird that's actually on the other side of a little cow pasture. And, of course, we couldn't go out into the pasture. We crawled out there, put a, well, we put a decoy right at fence on our side of the fence, backed mm-hmm. up, set up. Uh, the bird flew down, watched him fly down. He came, he probably got 60 yards away. He had a few jakes with him and just wouldn't pay us any attention. He'd gobble at us, gobble his brains out, but he would not pay us any attention. Well, he eased on. In the meantime, there's one behind us gobbling. So mm-hmm. he's getting closer. And by the time the bird in front of us got far enough away for us to move, the bird was too close. He was probably 40 yards behind us coming through the woods. So we decided to sit there, and the decoy is literally, you know, two and a half, three yards from the end of my gun barrel. Howard's (laughs) over to my right, I'm to his left, and this bird is coming. I hear him drumming. He he gobbles. I mean, he gobbles. I feel like his beak's going to touch my ear, my left ear. (laughs) And, you know, finally I hear footsteps, and I'm kind of looking out of the corner of my eye, and the whole time Howard's barely moving the video camera trying to get it over there. And, uh... Finally, I see him, and he walks by me. I mean, the closest I've ever been to to a turkey, probably two two to three yards away, and comes to the strutting decoy right at the end of my gun barrel. <laughs> wow! So you know, I he 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 was strutting, so his head got behind his fan. I got my gun up, and I just knew at that range, you know, what what's the size of your pattern at two and a half yards, about the size of the end of your gun barrel. That's exactly right. <laughs> So I was so shook up, of course, I missed the first shot. He ended up, you know, pitching up and flying over the fence, and I killed him at about 20 yards. That's probably my favorite hunt that we have gotten on video. And, and you can find that hunt on, it's on our DVD from this year, and it's actually also on our YouTube channel. You can go to YouTube and search Combat in the Wild, and we've got we've got a ton of videos on there, not just turkey hunting, everything, but you can find that hunt on there i'm actually trying to find the name of it now but but it's it would be something kansas something but if you want to do the if you want to purchase the dvd you can go to combatinthewild.com and uh we've got a store on there yeah all right to tell us a little bit more about combat in the wild and how we can get in touch with you or with any of the other combat in the wild folks sure the easiest way to get in touch with us is through facebook we've got a combat in the wild facebook page and we have a the turkeyologist facebook page and uh, we're pretty responsive to messages you know if you ever have any questions about turkey hunting or video and turkey hunts or video in general just hit us up on there and we always love to connect you know with with the fans and we've also got two websites we've got combatinthewild.com and uh, like i say that's where our store is located we've got you know all our all our dvds on there and we've also got a new website called the turkeyologists.com and you know that that's a little more updated website kind of edgy i think everybody will enjoy that yeah good deal when did you guys start the turkeyologist program well, the turkeyologist kind of came about when when we were sitting around kind of 
messing with each other about what what we had done wrong, <laughs> you know, that day yeah. turkey hunting, and, and somebody chimed in and said, well, who made you a turkeyologist? So we kind of liked it and went with it, and we are actually working on our fourth fourth volume of the turkeyologist DVD right now, so there's three volumes out there that you can buy, and last year was our first season we went to television with the turkeyologist. It was on Dish Network on the Hunt Channel, that's Channel 266. And they, they've got some on-demand stuff on their website, on the Hunt Channel's website that you can go back. But we're also loading all of those television shows on YouTube one a week right now. We're actually on episode nine, I believe, right now. Yeah, so. good deal. And these are hunts from all over the country that you guys have videoed? You know, mainly in the southeast, uh, hunts. Uh, episode episode one was in Georgia. Episode two is in Florida. You know, we, we're in Kansas. Uh, but mostly in the southeast, mostly in our home state of Georgia. Okay. Well, when you want to quit messing around with those Georgia birds and come mess with some real birds over here in Alabama, all you have to do is call me and come on over here. Well, that sounds great to me. It's, it sounds like <laughs> we might get in a week early. <laughs> yeah, you definitely can. I don't know what the state's going to do with the season. They're starting to... I guess hint around a little bit that maybe there's going to be some changes on the horizon. I don't know if it'll be this year or next, but with okay. I don't know what the population's like in Georgia, but it's a little bit lower here than it has been in any of the years I've turkey hunted. Right. And, uh, so I don't know if they're what they're going to do with it, but heck yeah, man. If the season comes in on the 15th of March this year like it's supposed to, like right. it has every year for the past 15 years, then come on. Sounds great to me. We'll, we'll be somewhere. We'll either be in Florida or Alabama or Mississippi. Yeah. If, if there's a turkey season somewhere, one of us is going to be there. I hear you. Well, how much longer do you have on Volume 4 before you've got it ready to release? We normally try. We normally shoot for releasing the DVDs in December at some point, and definitely have them ready for the outdoor shows, the NWTS convention, and the uh, the great outdoors show that we have every year here in Perry, Georgia. So, so December is usually our release date for the DVDs. Yeah, good deal. Well, Corey, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. I know all about staying up late and doing editing. That's right. I know I know it can be a pain sometimes, but I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to come on the show and teach us a little bit more about videoing hunts, and hopefully we can use the information we learned from you to have a little bit better quality video of our hunts going forward and have those memories we can share with our hunting buddies and our kids and that kind of stuff. So I appreciate you taking time out today and Let's stay in touch. I'm serious about the invite to come to Alabama. You're welcome to come hunt with me anytime, and I'd love to get you back on the show sometime in the not-too-distant future, and we'll talk about squeezing the trigger on some turkeys. How about that? That, that sounds good to me. Now, don't don't make that invite if you're not serious. I am dead serious. <laughs> okay. I, I don't offer it if I'm not serious. So if you want to stay on the call, I'll pull my calendar up, and we'll put something on the calendar right now and make it happen. I'm not, right, I'm not afraid of you, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. Let's all right let's do it then we'll well, do a then live podcast yeah we can definitely do that <laughs> no doubt well i'm going to end the recording now and then we'll stay on the phone get something on the calendar and i appreciate you again okay i hope you enjoyed that interview with Corey. i learned a good bit during the interview and i'm going to work on taking my video camera out this year while i'm doing my preseason scouting 
And of course, I won't be doing any calling when I'm out doing my preseason scouting, but I'm taking my video camera with me, and I will also be extending my season this year in Alabama by taking my video camera after season as well. So I am looking forward to that, and I hope that you guys will do the same thing. Hey, don't forget to tune in to the Turkey Hunter podcast each week as I have some great episodes coming up soon. I have several more fall turkey hunting episodes coming up, and I have an episode planned with a very special guest that will remain unnamed for now. But I am very excited about that episode. It's going to be an incredible learning opportunity for all of us. This person knows wild turkey behavior probably better than anyone does right now. And we're going to have him on an upcoming episode here in the next few weeks. So there's going to be a lot of great information on these upcoming episodes and you will not want to miss them. So that's all I've got for you this week. I really appreciate you guys tuning in. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I look forward to seeing you again next week, and I hope you have a wonderful week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.